Um, today we are going to look at flowing in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Flowing in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, everything today I will teach, I will show. Yeah. Everything today I will teach, I will show. And the reason for that is so that you don't just have theoretical knowledge, but you also have the experience of everything that I am going to teach. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord. We have Pastor Gift's young brother. Many of you just know Pastor, Pastor Gift, uh, Miselo Capitula. Nice meeting you, sir. <laughs> they are the same with Pastor Gift, only his smile is better. And he can't sing. Can you sing? No, he can't sing, but he's a very good chef. They are not um, Praise the name of the Lord. So, okay, so with every visitor, you're welcome. We're really, really glad to, to have you come here with us and just fellowship. So, it's good to have you here. Now, we're going to just take at least three or four minutes in which we'll pray and just open up our hearts to receive uh, ministry. Amen. Uh, then I'll start to teach, and then as I am teaching, it will just be open to flow. Amen. Amen. So for now, we're just going to pray, and I want you to ask the Lord, say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Open me up. Open me up. To experience. To experience. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Open me up. Open me to up. To experience. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Open me up. To experience your word, to encounter the spirit in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray that night. Spirit of the living God, we are asking that you open us up to experiences with you. We are praying in the name of Jesus in this room right now that this room would be open to encounters. This room would be open to encounters. Father, we administrate an environment that is open to experiences with you in the name of Jesus. For the next two minutes, if you can pray in the spirit, I want you to release yourself. Some of you may not need to wait until the sermon. This may be the time that the Lord wants to encounter you. My God, my God, my God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Haramakosha. Haramandele Manduya. 
you to softly take your seats. If you can. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So today, I'm going to teach on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And specific, Pastor Jonathan, it's good to see you. And specifically, I'm going to, I'm going to key into flowing in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, last week, and Gurin, it's good to have you on the keys. It's been a while. <laughs> you may feel as though you're anointed. Maybe it's Goodwin. <laughs> um, thank you. So we are going to talk about the anointing of the Holy Spirit and specifically flowing in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of this teaching is not just to tell you about men and women who flowed in the anointing of the Holy Spirit from biblical times and from contemporary times. The purpose of the teaching is so that you may learn how to flow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because it is not just for a select group of people. It is for everyone. Amen. So, when I first got into ministry or when I became a, you know, a serious believer, I was saved a long time ago. I don't remember when I got saved. All I know is that I recited uh, what people would call the sinner's prayer so many times in Sunday school, just in case. Uh, so I would recite it as many times as possible. But when I started to leave for the Lord, when I got sold out, you know, to the things of the Lord, when I gave myself fully to the things of the Lord, we started to do some form of ministry and would go into different institutions, different schools, where we would preach the gospel to people, we would preach the gospel to people, we would talk to people, we would encourage people. Now, I came across, you know, a lot of believers who would say, you know, that guy is anointed, that man is anointed, that woman is anointed. And sometimes when I saw people minister, I would hear them say, that's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I would hear other ministers say, when the anointing of the Holy Spirit came on me, something changed or something happened. So I started to pursue the anointing. I needed the anointing. I didn't really understand it, but by virtue of my experience with the people I had seen, the people I had encountered, and from the Bible I had read, I had discovered that every man that God used, as we uh, looked at last time, last week, is that every man that God used, he anointed. So I knew that if God was going to use me, he needed to anoint me. So in knowing that, I started to go after God. I started to pursue the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I started to read books on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I think I've read almost all the famous books on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I read Pastor Benny Hinn. I, wrote, I, I read um, Rodney Howard Brown. I read, I read Kenneth E. Hagin on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I read Peter Tan. I read everyone I could get my hands on who was talking about the anointing. I listened to different sermons. And in listening to all those sermons, there were principles that were being shared that helped a believer move into the ministerial anointing, move into the anointing for ministry. So people talked about things like fasting, 
They talked about things like prayer. They talked about things like reading the word of God. And I'll do all those things that I read and I read and I read and I read. But somehow, every time when I came for ministry and I stepped to the front and I was going to minister to people, either corporately in a setup like this one or at an individual level when I was talking to someone, it always seemed as though the anointing I'd always seen, the anointing I'd always read about, I could not manifest that anointing. And I was wondering, what is wrong with me? There was a time I even went into a seven-day prayer and fasting dry. I fasted and fasted and fasted. And when I went to the meeting, I didn't have power to even hold the microphone. And I thought that is what was going to have the anointing flow. And when I got to the front, something still was missing. I wasn't operating at the dimension at which I was seeing or I'd been reading. And I was asking the Holy Spirit, why is it so? And it was so difficult, and this one went on for years. There were times I would say, I would never have stood. They're telling me fasting, praying, and reading the word, and all these things are the things that will, prepare, will get you the anointing, prepare you for the anointing. Then I would fast again, go on a three-day dry fast. And when I went to the meeting, I was seeing little or no results. When I was ministering to individuals, I was seeing little or no results. Then I would say, you know what? I will never fast again. But then I would come into contact with people who talk about the wonders of the anointing. You know, there are those people when they start to explain things. When I got into the hearts of the spirit, then some I felt as though a jacket was put on me. And I said, I, I need this thing. I know it's painful. Then I'll do it again. Then instead of praying for God to just anoint me, I started to pray. Lord, why is it that I'm not following this? Teach me by your spirit. And then the Holy Spirit responded and he told me that the things you have been doing are principles, okay, that prepare the believer to get anointed or to have the anointing. But the protocols by which Flowing in the anointing runs are different. To get the anointing is one thing. To flow in the anointing is another thing. To have electricity in the house is one thing. To know how to use that electricity is another thing. You can have power, but if you don't know where the switch is, you will not experience the benefits of that power. So, I had the power, but I didn't know the switch that turns on the power. To have money in the bank is one thing. To know how to withdraw that money on an FNB ATM is another thing. Have you ever gone to an FNB ATM and you find an old lady stuck there? If there's no guard to help, stuck there. When you reach, one moment, one moment, not to mean something, but I had you wallet, but she should have beer. So she has the money, but she does not know how to access that money. To say that you are anointed is one thing, to say that the anointing is in manifestation is another thing. When I'm seated there, I am anointed. When I come here, the anointing is in manifestation. That's right. when, you, when my brother sees me 
anointed. But when I get into ministry mode, the anointing starts to flow. Praise the name of the Lord. And that is what we are going to teach you here. How to flow in the anointing. Praise the name of the Lord. The, so, write a few statements down because we may not have... <laughs> Amen. Amen. The principles by which getting anointed run by are different from the principles by which flowing in the anointing runs by. The principles by which getting anointed runs by are different from the principles by which flowing in the anointing runs by. And today, if I'm talking about the anointing, I'm talking about the ministerial anointing. Okay? So I'm not talking about the believer's anointing which we receive at salvation. I'm talking about the anointing for ministry. So the principles by which getting anointed run by are different from the principles by which flowing in the anointing runs by. Many people don't have an anointing problem. They have a problem with flowing in the anointing. Many people don't have an anointing problem. They have a problem with flowing in the anointing. If you pray, if you fast, if you read the word of God, you already carry an anointing. Actually, I discovered that there are some believers who carry an anointing even greater than some ministers, just some lay believers, by the way, who carry a greater anointing than even some ministers. But the only difference between you and that minister is that that minister has learned how to flow in the anointing that he carries. It is possible to be a carrier of the anointing but yet not know how to flow in it. It is possible to be a carrier of the anointing yet not know how to flow in it. Many believers are potent, yet they don't know how to flow in the anointing over their lives. And when God started to usher me in the anointing and I started to flow in it, many people would come to me and say, Sir, how do you do what you do? And I would tell them, No, I pray, I fast, I read the word of God. I say, Okay, great. But then I also do those things. But how is it that I don't flow? And when I did some introspection of their lives, I discovered that some of them even prayed more than I pray, fast more than I fast, read the word and know it more than I do. Yet when it came to ministry, they were not manifesting as I was manifesting. And I say that in the most humble sense. And I was wondering, Lord, these people keep coming to me. Why is it that they are not flowing? I told them that the key to flowing in the anointing is if you pray, if you fast, if you read the word of God, then you can flow in the anointing. But when I tell them these principles, it doesn't work for some of them. Some of them even tell me, sir, I pray. How many hours do you pray? I said, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm praying for this number of hours. Me, I have exceeded that by three. But yet when I come to the front to minister, when I encounter someone in the streets, I don't seem to know how to have the anointing flow. And if you don't know how to have the anointing flow, 
I remember I would get to meetings sometimes where you feel this potency. You just know there's something in you, but you don't know how to have that anointing for. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It is easy to flow in the anointing. So, I'm going to give you three keys. So the first key to flowing in the anointing is the manifestation of the anointing. That's the first key. The manifestation of the anointing. And we're going to go into 2 Kings chapter number 3. 2 Kings chapter number 3. So the first key to flowing in the anointing, while you're at 2 Kings chapter number 3, is the manifestation of the anointing. So, what you have to understand is that you may carry the anointing, but there are different principles by which you learn how to have the anointing come into manifestation. As a believer, you should know when the anointing is in manifestation and when the anointing is not in manifestation. Many times you wonder, how does this man get the confidence? Or how does that guy get the confidence to just say, this is about to happen in the next few minutes? It's because he now knows that something beyond his human capabilities has come in view. If you do not know how to have the anointing come in manifestation, you will minister effectively by chance. You will just be saying, I don't know why, but you may have discovered something or hit a principle that worked for you that day, but you don't know how to intentionally move into it. And the key is to know this is the thing that brings the anointing and let me do it. So the keys that follow, number two and number three, which we're not going to yet, I see you're trying to write home, right? Number two and number three cannot happen until number one has happened. And number three can't happen until number two has happened. So you will find that there are certain people, and you will see what I'm talking about, who know number one but don't know how to do number two. To flow effectively, you have to know how to do all three. So the first one is learning what gets the anointing in manifestation. And that in itself is not the same for everyone. Everyone has been designed in a certain way and the anointing that God has placed on someone's life has got a different way in which it is triggered. I call these triggers of the anointing. How do you push certain buttons that trigger the anointing over your life? 
So 2 Kings chapter number 3 and verses number 15. We see something here about a trigger. 2 Kings chapter number 3. Let's see where I will start from. Let's see where I will start from. Of course, 15 is what I'm looking for. But to give context is there were these kings that were about to get attacked and so in fear they call for a prophet and they call Elisha. This is the context of the, because we'll start from 15, but I want to give some background information. So there's an attack that is about to come. So they say, okay, we may not succeed in this battle. So let's call for a prophet and inquire of the Lord on what we should do. So they call for Elisha. And we know that Elisha was carrying a double portion of Elijah's anointing. And actually, when you read the scriptures, you would discover that Elisha did twice the number of miracles, the ones that were recorded. We believe there is more, but maybe the Bible puts it like that for emphasis sake, to show that he was carrying double. He does, he does twice the number of miracles recorded by Elijah. So he was carrying twice the anointing. So now you are called upon Diana as a prophetess by presidents. And they say, well, we need help, Diana. We want you to come and give us the word of the Lord concerning this situation. And when Elisha gets there, in verse number 15, in verse number 15, he says, okay, let's start from 14. Elisha said, this is when he arrived. As assuredly as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I did not have the respect of the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, of course he was—he didn't even like the other people that way. He says, if I didn't have respect for Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not pay attention to you. But he says, okay, anyway, but now bring me a harpist. Your version should probably say a minstrel or a musician. But now bring me a harpist. And the, 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 the uh, and it says, while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha. And he said, this is what the Lord says. So now we know that when Elisha is called, he doesn't immediately jump into the prophetic. He's able to recognize that the anointing is not in manifestation. So what triggered the anointing on Elisha's life was music. So what does he say? He says, now bring me a harpist. And the Bible says, and it so happened that while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord rested upon him. Then the thus saith the Lord came. He knew what triggered the anointing over his life. What is the thing that triggers the anointing you carry? What is that thing that triggers the anointing you carry? That you get into a place and you get there as a timid man and they tell you there's a situation here and you tell them, just give me a minute. And as I begin to pray in the spirit, something happens and you move to another dimension of the anointing. What is it that triggers the anointing over your life? You carry an anointing, but have you discovered the trigger? Have you discovered the switch? That will turn it on and allow you to move in that anointing. What is that trigger? Elisha knew it. And many people have got different types of triggers of the anointing. I have met strange people with strange anointings. 
and strange things that trigger those anointings. I have met people whose trigger is rumba. For them it's rumba. I met a prophet on the cover bell. His trigger of the anointing was rumba. And it seemed that when rumba was playing, the anointing would come on him to prophesy. That was the stream by which he flowed by. And as long as rumba was being played, and he would sing also. So it comes to Mama, I see something. <laughs> I see an M. I see an A. I see a T. I see, oh, what? Is your name Natasha? Verse 10, but let's see where else I can read. Let's start from verse. Uh, okay, let's start from verse 10. From verse 1, rather. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you ruler over his inheritance? Okay, so we already know in this particular instance that Samuel has already been anointed. He carries the anointing. But to manifest it is something else. When you leave me today, you will meet men 
near, near Rachel's tomb at Zelza, on the border of Benjamin. They will say to you, the donkeys you set out to look for have been found. And now your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He's asking, what shall I do about my son? Verse 3, then you will go on from there until you reach the tree of Tabor. Three men going up to worship God at Bethel will meet you there. One will be carrying three young gods, another three loaves of bread, and another skin of, a skin of wine. Verse 4, they will greet you and offer you loaves of bread which you will accept from them. And verse number 5, after that you will go to Gibeah of God, to, to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from a high place with lyres, timbrels, pipes, harps being played before them and they will be prophesying. It seemed that these prophets at Gibeah, the anointing for them was being stirred by musical instruments. It was a similar anointing to Elisha. The anointing over them would be triggered with musical instruments. So everywhere they'll be going, they'll be going with people playing lyres, harps, timbrels, and all these instruments, and they'll be prophesying. Okay? Amen. The Lord, the, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. When the anointing comes, it changes you into a different person. You may be a timid man. But when that anointing comes upon you, it changes you into a different person. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 7. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do. God is with you. When the anointing comes, what you do will start to work. 8. Go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, but you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. Um, verse 9, As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart, and all these signs were fulfilled that day. Verse 10, When he and his servants arrived at Gibeah, a procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of God came upon him powerfully, and he joined them there, prophesying. Even Samuel, once he came under that prophetic action, he also started to prophesy because that realm was opened. So it seemed that these prophets knew what triggered the anointing was musical instruments. So everywhere they went, they would go with musical instruments being played, musical instruments being played, musical instruments being played. What is the thing that triggers the anointing over your life? Praise the name of the Lord. What is the thing that triggers? What allows you to ascend into the heights of the spirit? Can you know that thing? And can you use it? And even with music, it's not every musical instrument. Some musical instruments will be upbeat, some will be mellow, some will be somber, some will be ambient, some will be... You have to know. What is that thing that will trigger this oil? Praise the name of the Lord. Do you know the thing that triggers the manifestation of the anointing over your life? Could it be a song? Could it be music? Could it be prayer? Could it 
be that when you start to explain the word of God, I've met certain people, for them it's the word of God. When they start to teach it and they get into the heights and to the depths of the word of God, something in them explodes. They have learned that trigger. And sometimes you will give them at a high place. If they have not caught the anointing, they'll first say, everyone sit down. And they'll start to teach and then they'll ascend. Because for them, the trigger is teaching the word of God with depth of revelation. What is the thing that triggers the anointing over your life? You have to learn how to get the anointing in manifestation. I remember when I was asking the Lord, Lord, what is the thing that will trigger the anointing over my life? So he started to mention certain things I should, I should uh, invest in. He told me, prayer. Of course, we prayed before, but when I come to the front and I begin to express myself in prayer, the anointing is triggered. Then another one he gave me, which is common with me, is sound. He says, the moment certain sounds are hit at a certain note, the anointing over your life will begin to flow. Praise the name of the Lord. Close your eyes for a minute. So, you see, it could be very, very practical. And even in this short time, in the next few minutes, you will see how that the anointing will begin to flow when it's triggered. It's easy to learn how to ascend. It's, it's easy to know how to move into it. It's easy to ascend into the heights of the spirit by that anointing. What I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to show you one trigger that allows for the anointing to flow and it will begin to flow. If you can just pray softly in the spirit from where you are. Softly in the spirit. Kalamarudias kenemandalaya, ilerodesh kibadaya inemanuskindelelea, arolokosh kenemaya namaya, koredesh shatea lemandu senevianta la baradia, kolomondo yosha, ikenemana yanamasilama nea shanamaya masinea ya 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 ya, horadesh shanamandea ya 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 some of you right now the anointing that is tied to your DNA you will learn the thing that manifests it it may be prayer some of you it may be singing in a spiritual song and as you begin to do that you will begin to experience the anointing in an intense way because that trigger has been used for some of you the switch is being turned on. Father, I come by the trigger of prayer that you have invested in my life. And I use it right now, declaring a manifestation of a greater anointing in the room. Alight something in their spirits. 
If you can stand, stand. Music will begin to trigger something. The songs that are being played will begin to trigger something in your spirits. to high places where that anointing is accessed. But it's accessed in the silence, in the stillness. It's almost as though that when you are at rest in the spirit, the spirit of God rests on you. And I hear that clearly. He said, when you rest in the spirit, that's your trigger. When you rest in the spirit, I will rest on you, says the spirit of the Lord. When all else, all problems fade away and you are at rest in me, I will rest on you. I will rest on you. Some of you, you will ascend to those heights when everything is at peace. Kelebalukoti. 
And the Lord is telling me, for some of you, that is why the devil has been trying to bring confusion and conflict in your life. That is why the enemy has been trying to disturb your family peace. The devil has been trying to disturb the peace in your life because he knows that when you move into a realm of peace, you move and ascend into the anointing over your life. But the Lord is telling me, I'm teaching my children how to move into the realm of peace despite the confusion, despite the storms. Sometimes problems will come in your family. Sometimes problems will come in your household. Do not panic like everyone else. Move into the realm of peace. And from that realm of peace, begin to declare, my family will be preserved. My life will be preserved. My relatives will be preserved. My academics will be preserved. My finances will be preserved. Because you ascend to the heights of the spirit when you are at peace. No declaration will work when you are troubled. No declaration will work when, when you have problems. Your anointing is triggered by peace. Triggered by peace. Hallelujah. Oh, I have experienced this anointing when decision making comes in view. Because the Holy Spirit has told me this is how we move. This is how we move when you're making tripartite decisions. When everything is haywire, you have to move in peace. The manifestation of the anointing. Who you are sent. Malaria Konamarabash. But there's some of you, the Lord is saying your trigger is joy. Joy. <laughs> your trigger is joy. There are some that the Lord is saying your trigger is joy. Your trigger is joy. It will be almost as though when you move into this atmosphere of joy, you usher in the realm of the presence of the Lord. Doesn't the Bible say, then the Bible says, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. The serious business of heaven is joy. Lord, open up the joy chambers. It's not just for you, even those you will minister to. Who move in it? Karabash. So now, we are talking about the manifestation of the anointing. It's, it's, it's so 
easy to change an environment when you've learned what the trigger is. When you've learned what the trigger is. Yeah. Some of you in this atmosphere are being healed of diseases and sicknesses. Yeah, if there's an anointing here, all you have to do is breathe into it, receive that anointing. Yeah, you're being healed. There's a healing anointing. There's a healing anointing. Okay, so after people have learned how to manifest the anointing, the second key is the discernment of the anointing that has come. So when the anointing has then manifested, the second key is to discern what anointing has manifested. For those that are experiencing God, it's okay. But it will start to cool down and you can handle it after a few minutes so that you can write some notes. So the discernment of the anointing is the second key. So now, now that the anointing has come and you are sensing this anointing, you can feel this anointing. The next the next step then is to discern the anointing discernment of the anointing is the ability to know what anointing has been released in the environment discernment of the anointing is the ability to know what anointing has been released in the environment Godwin is conflicted between playing and writing <laughs> the ability to know what anointing has been released in the environment. That is discernment of the anointing. You want to write? You can write a few points and I'll call you back on the third point. Discernment of the anointing is the ability to know what anointing has been released in the environment. Under discernment, we know the purpose of the anointing that has been released. Because you cannot use the healing anointing to teach. And you can't use the teaching anointing to heal. So you have to know then what anointing has God poured out. Praise God. Mary, please help me. Amen. So, discernment of the anointing is the ability to know what, what anointing has been released in the environment. Under discernment, we know the purpose of the anointing that has been released. You can't use the healing anointing to preach, and you can't use the preaching anointing to heal. So, it is not enough to just know that the anointing is in the room. The question is, what anointing has been released in the room? Because you will try and heal with the preaching anointing and it will not work. And you say, but God, there were times when I had learned the first key, which was manifesting the anointing. That was the most difficult key for me, to be honest. It was the most difficult key to learn. How to just bring this anointing into manifestation. 
If anything, I would wait for someone to bring the anointing in manifestation, then I would minister afterwards. But I needed to learn how to do it on my own. When I learned how to manifest the anointing, the second key was then now learning how to discern what anointing has come. Under discernment of what anointing has been released, we know what anointing it is. You have to know because that is what will determine effectiveness. That is what will make you disciplined. Sometimes I'll try, I'll, I'll try and move in the power of God in impartation, in healings, and I'll, I'm teaching and I can discern the anointing that has come is not an anointing to do that. If I try to do that, I'll move in that in the flesh. And the things I will try and do, they will not work. So sometimes you will discover, you come to the front, the anointing comes over you. You are ministering either personally to a person or anyone. The anointing comes over you. And when the anointing comes over you, ask. Don't just be excited. The anointing is here, the anointing is here. Ask, what is this anointing for? What has this anointing come? I mean, God will not pour out healing anointing if there's no one that needs healing. So, when that anointing comes, you begin to ask and question. And that could happen in a split second. It's not so mechanical as to think that when that anointing comes, you take like a 20 minutes. So what is the anointing? No. If anything, they are not, the moment the anointing comes, you will find in almost a split second you can know and say, the anointing has come to do this. But it takes discernment. If there's no discernment, it will take time. You just know the anointing is there. But you don't know what it has come to do. So when that anointing comes, you ask, is it for preaching? And when you preach, you achieve a lot of results through the preaching anointing. When the anointing has come to heal, and you try and teach with it, you will make a mess. When the prophetic anointing has come, prophesy. When the teaching anointing comes, teach them. What do you think allowed you know, William Branham to go into error? It was when he started to focus more on the teaching. His was to prophesy. Of course he could teach, but he was not necessarily like a teacher to the core. He constantly would flow in the prophetic anointing. And in his crusades or in his meetings, what would happen is that some people would come before him and would begin to teach and teach and teach. And then when he'd come, he would just come to usher people in the power of God. So he started to move in teaching and he went into heresy. You have to discern what is the anointing that has come. Because when you flow in the flesh, what you will discover is that you will know, yes, that the anointing is here, but you will try and do what you want to do. Say, so, no, because I saw that that day Pastor Cham ministered in power. So even me today, people must, must know the flow. But in actual sense, the anointing that has been released is for teaching. And you will discover that even with the anointings, they, as you begin to experience different types of the anointings, you accustom yourself to how they feel. For example, the teaching anointing is so subtle, sometimes you feel as though the person preaching is not anointed. It's so, that it will be so calm and people will be, and even when you sense it on you, of course there are times it comes in an explosive way, but in most cases you, will, you just feel it flowing in a very subtle way. 
and you'll be teaching. Then sometimes you'll discover that when the healing anointing comes, because the gift of healing usually is found in the power gifts. So when the healing anointing comes, it comes with energy. So that when you lay hands on someone that is crippled, bones begin to realign because of that energy. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are certain things you can't do unless you ascend to a higher energy level. So the discernment of what anointing has come. Then the third one, and we close. The third one, after you have learned to manifest the anointing, the second thing is to descend the anointing. Then the third thing is to channel the anointing. When I was ministering in a few minutes, just a few minutes ago, I knew when it came, I knew what it come, came, from, came for, and I knew how to channel it. So, channeling the anointing is a release of the anointing through faith. Channeling the anointing is the release of the anointing through faith. You will discover that sometimes people will learn how to firstly manifest the anointing, then secondly, learn how to discern the anointing, but not know how to channel the anointing. You are still stuck. Because these principles hinge on each other. So once you've manifested it, and sometimes when it's manifested, you just feel it on you. It's not flowing in the room. You just feel it on you. Then you discern, okay, the anointing has come to usher people into the glory realm. Or the anointing has come to minister healing. Or the anointing has come to minister in the prophetic. So it's manifested, you descend, but you need to channel it. So if the prophetic anointing manifests and you descend, yes, this is the prophetic anointing. The next thing is, how do I channel it? So channeling it is a release of the anointing through faith. So if the prophetic anointing has come, you will need to step and say, Diana, this is what I'm seeing in your life. Misero, this is what I'm seeing in your life. Until you step out, you will just live with the fact that the anointing manifested, you descended, you felt it strongly on you, but you didn't step out. <laughs> How many people are stuck there? There are many people that are stuck there. You will sense the healing anointing. You see someone that is sick and immediately you sense that this is the healing anointing. You feel it. There's something that I'm, I'm supposed to declare healing. Someone is telling you I'm feeling like this, I'm feeling like this. And you kind of feel like the Holy Spirit is telling you, declare healing. Speak healing. But because you are scared to release yourself in faith, you don't declare that healing. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you specific direction to channel it. Sometimes you will not. You can channel the anointing different. When the anointing is flowing, how you channel it is up to you. Some people are flashy. Some people aren't flashy. Some people will be like Baptists and just stand behind the pulpit and preach and preach and preach and they'll be done. Some people will be flashy. Some will get their jacket and say, take in the name of Jesus. That's a way of channeling the anointing. Even Jesus had different ways of channeling the anointing. Other days you lay hands, other days you get the, the clay and put it on your eyes. Different means of channeling the anointing. If the Holy Spirit puts an emphasis on how you channel it, go that direction because it will work. So you read of how, uh, what's his name again, Smith Wigglesworth would punch someone. Someone had died and he says, lift them up and he punches them. They're all right there, lift them up, punches 
them. Say, ah, no, Smith Wigglesworth did it. So that's the way to raise the dead. They bring a dead person for you and you punch them. Or they bring a sick person and you say, be healed. And after you do that, they die. They say, Pastor, that anointing you told me about, I don't know it. I don't know. That is why it's, that, it, it, it's, it's at this place that people get misunderstood. It's also at this place that people lose their way. Because some people started genuinely anointed. And you see, sometimes you can use the wrong model of channeling the anointing, but that anointing will work. That is why people have gone into all sorts of things. They were genuinely anointed. But they are missing it on the channeling of the anointing. And God is giving them a grace period to change. If they don't, he will take away the anointing. That is why certain people are anointed, but they are using strange ways of channeling the anointing. If God has not given specific direction on how you should channel it, declare, lay hands, and forget. If he's given specific direction, move in a specific direction. Do you know that if the anointing is in manifestation and I tell you, start eating grass, you will get better. You will get better. Because that anointing is working, but it's a strange way, an ethical way. And many people have moved into that era of channeling the anointing in strange ways. There are people who tell you, for this anointing to work, I must kiss you. That is how it flows. <laughs> and lo and behold, he kisses you and it works. He has allowed the enemy to contaminate an anointing that God gave. And if they don't change, God will take away that anointing. Anyway, we're not here to talk about people messing up. We're here to talk about how you can channel the anointing in a good way. So when the anointing is manifested, can you channel it? Or are you scared to channel that anointing? <laughs> Many people are scared. And it is fear that will hinder people from channeling that anointing. Channeling the anointing can only be done under faith because one has to believe the anointing is in manifestation. You have to believe it. There are times you will sense it heavy. There are times you will not sense it heavy. But as long as the Holy Spirit has witnessed with your spirit that that anointing is there, you will need to step. There are times I'm not feeling it, but I step out and say, in this place, the Lord is healing people. And people begin to receive their healing. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit will take away his anointing to teach you that he is more than just a feeling. Because if you keep hinging on feelings, you will always want to sense something to know something is happening to you. And that is why even your experience in this room is not limited to how you reacted. If the anointing is there, it will work regardless of whether you fail or not. As long as you have yielded to the Spirit. One of the things I always teach is yield to the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is leading you to fall, fall. If the Holy Spirit is leading you to laugh, laugh. If he's not leading you to do it, don't do it. To the degree that he's leading you to laugh and you don't laugh, you are in the flesh. To the degree that he's not leading you to laugh and you decide to laugh, you are in the flesh. <laughs> so some people will be in a meeting and you start to sense the Holy Spirit is drawing you to a certain place. But because you are so self-conscious, you decide to restrict that. That is what we call quenching the fire of the Spirit. Can you 
new channel of the anointing when it comes. Are you going to be confident enough? The, the reason, give me the keyboard as we conclude. The reason I am giving you this teaching is so that we could all be powerful ministers of the gospel. Amen. That this thing that you are seeing is not just limited to a few people. That we can host an overnight in KCC and the pastor is not there, but it was an extraordinary overnight. That was a powerful overnight. That people came and experienced the power of God and didn't even recognize that the pastor wasn't there. Because the Lord is raising a generation of believers that will carry the anointing. Heaven doesn't have this elitism system that is only limited to a few groups of people. No, heaven wants everyone to be powerful. We are called to be a generation of people that are powerful. How are we going to fulfill the great commission when it's only about a few people that are anointed and carrying the power? We need more than just one general. We need generals in the kingdom that will arise and say, we are taking this gospel to the nations. We are taking this anointing to the nations. It doesn't matter what model of ministry you do, you can carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So will you arise to be the believer that will come to the front, that one day will give you the microphone and confidently, yes, you may not be good at it in the first time, but the Lord is allowing you to grow. And this environment is a Holy Spirit friendly place. That is why when we give you the opportunity to minister and we tell you, do whatever the Lord is leading you to do, do not be scared. Do not say, what if it doesn't happen like Pastor Cham? It's not Pastor Cham, it's the Holy Spirit. And you have the Holy Spirit. That when we give you the opportunity to come to the front, you will come here and you will begin to manifest in that anointing based on that trigger. You will sing in the Spirit. You will allow music to allow to usher you into high places of the anointing. And when you ascend in those high places of the anointing, you will descend. This is the anointing for healing. This is the anointing to minister impartation. This is the anointing to minister deliverance. And through like I said, because it requires faith. You will stand up, even though you've never done it before, you will declare by faith and say, in the name of Jesus, in the next three seconds, the power of God will begin to flow, and it will flow. The first time I ever ministered like that, I'd only seen it from Bishop Imakando. Say, thou power of God. So I said, okay, I got to the front, and I'd learned how to manifest it, and I'd learned how to descend, but how to channel it, I didn't know. So when I manifested it and I descended, it, I figured, oh, the anointing is here. What do I do? I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And I said, well, this is what he declares. So I said, in the name of Jesus, thou power of God, move from my left to my right, from the back to the front. It was the phraseology I knew. <laughs> and I saw people scampering. And as a minister, you behave like you know what's happening. Yeah, I can see it now moving. <laughs> Channeling the anointing is a work of faith. Until you learn that it's a work of faith, you can never channel the anointing. And as you begin to grow, you begin to develop strange ways. And then I read in the book of Acts how that Peter was speaking. And he's speaking, he's in the household of Cornelius. He's speaking in that household. And he says, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. No, he didn't touch anyone, but they begin to speak in other tongues. I said, I want that manifestation of the anointing. Where I don't have to get close to you and lay hands on you. I can be speaking from the front. And I can channel it through my words. And that anointing is released in the room and you experience it. And as you grow, you begin to develop strange and interesting ways. But when I say strange, I mean unusual, like in the book of Acts. 
and use your ways of channeling the anointing. You could look into someone's eyes and they begin to manifest in the name of Jesus. You could you you could do you could do unusual miracles. ways of challenging. If you like, be ordinary. Some are flashy. Get your suit like Pastor Benny. Some are easygoing. Just in the name of Jesus, I declare this, I declare this, I declare this. Remember, at the end of the day, it's not the style. It is the result we want. So if I stood here like a poor and I just said, receive, 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 and you receive, it's okay. If I came here and I did that and you fell under the power of God, we don't mind what model of channeling the anointing has been used. At the end of the day, where you healed if it's healing you needed. How many are saying after today they will learn how to channel this anointing? Amen. And be intentional about it. And remember, don't forget the initial principles, the praying, the fasting, because they set the platform. Because if it's not there, you will have no anointing to manifest. <laughs> so there has to be that personal life that you have with God, personal spiritual life and fellowship with God. Then when you come to the front, the rest is just moving from manifesting it to discerning it and then channeling it. And you will grow into them. Don't expect to be an expert in one day. But the more you constantly use this, Train your 